want you to listen. Then what? Share it. The Melbourne Youth and Social Workers Group and the Knowledge on Tick podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of this land, the Boonarong and Wurundjeri people, their elders past and present. We would like to acknowledge and pay respects to the land, her children and our families. We would like all of us to show respect for each other, Mother Nature and the creatures on the land and the sea. Hey everyone, the Melbourne Youth and Social Work Facebook group would like to welcome you to the Knowledge on Tick podcast. We are Josh and Nat and we will be your co-hosts for the potty. Knowledge on Tick is a podcast offering real-life conversations and insights every week with workers in the field covering a range of topics surrounding the youth and social work world. We are so grateful to have you here and happy listening. Welcome back to another episode of Knowledge on Tick. I'm Josh. And I'm Nat. And today we're joined by Brendan. Hey, what's up? <laughs> um, Brendan, could you give us a little introduction about yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm a music teacher, instrumental music teacher at a special school, uh, Berendale School in Hampton East. Um, there's a cohort of about 130 kids here. Um, I teach maybe 40 of those. Uh, I've been a teacher for about five years, teaching music, teaching drums teaching guitar, um, expanded that here to keys and band group work, that type of stuff. Um, and yeah, I've, I've spent 20 years in disability industry, uh, personal That's a care. Long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's been a lot of fun. That's basically been the main reason that I'm still kind of servicing that department. You know, mm. it's uh, it opens up a beautiful world. Mm. You know, there's no other words that can describe it. It's it's empowering. Um, it's rewarding. Mm. Yeah, it's been really good to me. So, yeah, cool. yeah it's me in a nutshell. <laughs> Love it. Am I doing it yet? So as we start, um, as I'm sure Josh told you, we start every podcast with a series of questions. We're going to mix it up today. <laughs> Not in the usual order. Um, but the first one is what did your parents do for work? Um, Dad was a bank manager. He worked in the banks for years. He, um, he's like, uh, he was the eldest of eight kids and so he went into the workforce at 13. Oh, wow. Um, worked for the family kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and mum, she was kind of like a house mum kind of thing. Hmm. Um, when we were young, she had a job at a uh, milk bar and then mum and dad uh, bought a business, a home decoration business. So when we were, when I was about eight, um, we moved to Warrigal and we had this paint business. Yeah, it was right. like paint, tiles, wallpaper. Yeah. And cool. um, so they did up our house and made made fun of some stuff. You know, it was like the block only real life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it was fun. And with wallpaper. Yeah. Wallpaper was a vibe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was. Yeah. 
My partner and I have just been looking at rentals because we're moving and, uh, my God, some of the wallpaper we have come across. It's uh, phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It's like hell of a skill. Like, yeah. Being able to put that up. Yeah. Yeah. I remember watching an episode of The Block. I don't know if they actually just said The Block and they were trying to do, I don't know, they had like a flattening tool, mm. trying yeah. to get it up and it kept falling down on it and obviously <laughs> it was quite heavy and wet with the glue and she ended up yeah. chucking a tantrum and throwing the oh, wallpaper. Yeah, so it does look quite intricate and tricky to... <laughs> it's not my job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's mm. funny. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, who is the most famous or well-known person in your phone book? I've been thinking about this question and I, I feel like... It's either um, Ian, the, Ian Haig, the guitarist from Powderfinger. Okay. Or, or. it's um, <laughs> some of my favourite musicians from Melbourne and they are Mark Grundon and Netta Romani. They are a movement unto themselves. Mm. Right. They're really cool. They're they... like, um, you know, they work with people with disabilities and music and um, drum circles and community groups doing music and, you know, they're, they're about the, the empowerment of people. And, oh, wow. you know, yeah, it's been really, really remarkable being a part of their movement the last, sheesh, maybe 10 years. So, yeah, okay. for sure. Yeah, wow. Them. Where could people find out more information about them? If they got like a like a band name or a, like an organisation. Yeah, hard luck trying to repeat it, but Osariga um, Dum okay. is the Brazilian <laughs> drumming community group that, okay. they're, that they're creating. Awesome. Um, Maybe we could uh, get that name off your post yeah. in the show notes. Yeah, we'll, yeah. Um, we'll, you can shoot me a message with a, um, with a, with a website or something. Sure. Because, yeah, that would be awesome to share that with people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, they do most of their stuff out of, I think it's, like, Brunswick area. Okay. Yeah. Um, they'll, they'll, like, meet up and do uh, community drumming. Yeah, you know? okay. They, they use, like, Brazilian um, foundations to be able to create this mega vibe. Mm. And it's really cool. Wow. And Netta does this, uh, The Colour Life project. Okay. So if you Google something like The Colour Life, she should come up. Yeah. Um, you know, they've been quintessential Melbourne outfit for the last 15 years, I think. You know, busy as they've got um, New Year's Eve, Federation Square for the last, I don't know, however long. They've, yeah. You know, Netta's done, um, Netta and Mark, I'm just trying to remember their other group. Um, tum, uh, tum, Tumbarumba? No, I'm not going to try to guess it. Um, Bad Boys Batacata from Viespi, they're all linked to them. Wow. Um, who had, you know, residency at, at Viespi for over a decade. Yeah, right. You know, it, it's a name like, I haven't heard in a while. I know. That's yeah. funny. Yeah, the SB. Yeah. That's cool. Mm. Um, so, I bet your feet still stick to the floor. Yeah. 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 100%. Yeah. It's a really good memory. That's what you want in a good club, isn't it? Yeah. So you know it's good. You just stick into the club. 100%. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, right. Oh, that's cool. And yeah. Ian Hague, Powderfinger, the good one. Yeah. That is a yeah, good one. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, we met Ian when we were touring with Fire Underground. Okay. Um, and we played a show with Martin Lee and Hines from Not From There and they were called Nightstick. Okay. And they invited us up to play at this 
gig and it was just awesome. We played with greats and, um, yeah, Nightstick. And the after party again was there and he's like, come to our studio and gave us his card. And oh, yeah, it was great. Yeah. He's a really nice guy. Oh, nice. Really, really cool. It's yeah. nice to hear when people who are famous, I'm doing my air quotes again, but it's really nice to hear when they're beautiful people to interact with because yeah. often you just hear when they're a dickhead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or if so-and-so is an asshole or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The next one is a what job wouldn't you do? That's a really tough one. I wouldn't do an office job. Mm. There's no way in I could do an office job. That's just too, you know, it's so neutral. It just has no colour mm. to yeah. it at all. Mm. I just can't. Yeah. I can't even fathom the idea of it. <laughs> I can't imagine you doing an office job either, so it makes complete sense to yeah. me from what I know of you. So, yeah. <laughs> There's, like, you know, memories of dad... Like, you know, what are you going to be with, what are you going to do with yourself? Well, I want to be a museum. Yeah. <laughs> and there'd be, like, silence. Yeah. And uh, you know that that's not a really solid choice, right? Mm. And, you know, you get the whole negative negative approach, but it's... Um, it's worked out for you. It's worked out. Yeah. yeah. Slow, but, yeah. you know, we're, we're still trying to produce a um, solid living, yeah, but yeah. it's, I'm happy, you know. That's There's it. no price for happiness. Exactly right. Yeah. Can't put a price on your happiness. Mm. Yeah. Um, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Trust yourself. Mm. Trust your instincts. Trust yourself. Um, believe in yourself. Mm. You know, the two go hand in hand. Um I had to really think about this question because I've just um, I've just finished reading The Alchemist again. Yeah. Do you know The Alchemist? Have yeah. you both read yeah, it? Yeah, I haven't read it, but I've heard of it. Yeah. Mm. You really got to read it. Okay. Mm. Like, I don't know if you're a reader or not, but it's like audio books for you. as well. Okay. It's it's so good. Yeah. You know, I read it when I was twenty, and yeah, I just saw it up on my audio books. No way. Yeah. I can have this read to me now. Yeah. Yes. I don't even have to read it. <laughs> so, yeah, I j- injected that into my eardrums last week. Yeah, and nice. It's just got a new message every time. You mm. know, and now I'm reading it, going back and listening to it again mm. after reading it last week. And it's, it's just such a powerful, potent book for discovering your own path, believing in your own path and trusting in yourself, like... It's just so important. Mm. Yeah. And it goes, um, I really like that that message of trust yourself because it goes back to your other question where you told your dad you wanted to be a musician and he kind of made fun of you or what have you, but obviously you've sort of said, no, nah, I'm going to I'm gonna give it a good red-hot crack. I'm going to trust myself. I'm going to push for it. And yeah. you did and it's, sort of, and it's worked out for you. It's gone in your favour. So, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I feel rich because of that, yeah. you know. For sure. It's, uh, yeah, my cockles are warm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. So the last one is in regards to the work, what was your aha moment? When were you like, yeah, this is my jam, this is for me? So way back in high school, I, I knew of this group. They were called Roadies and that was like acronym for 
um, respite of adolescence, disabled in enjoyable situations. Okay. Quite the mouthful. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but they were, like, they were just so rad to, to be a part of. Uh, they had um, a friend of mine, her mum was already in the disability industry. She was with the local community groups mm-hmm. and she put together this initiative for our high school to be a part of. So basically that meant a three-day weekend. might have been every month. It might have been every two months. Students got to go out for the weekend. Um, they'd go to a camp, different locations across Victoria. Um, and mostly it was people, you know, youth, uh, people with um, living with Down syndrome. Uh, and there were a couple with cerebral palsy and maybe maybe a couple other things as well. I'm not too sure, but there might have been a group of 10 kids um, maybe between the ages of nine and 15. And we were a group of maybe 20, yeah, I'd say maybe 20 people. Um, So it was two to one. Um, And it was just so awesome. I, I ended up falling in love with this chick just based on how, how much of a vibe was happening with these kids that wouldn't catch a normal day like what we'd experienced. Mm-hmm. They were given time, they were given the time and place, they were given, um, you know, the space and time to exist and laugh and, you know, enjoy life. And that to me was like sold, yeah. Yeah. completely sold. Um, and I knew I, I always wanted to do music, like that was always ingrained in my system um, from my grandma. But this this was something new. Actually, I found out as a young adult that mum used to care for people with disabilities before we were um, before we were before they had kids, wow. yeah, which I had no idea about. Like until I was actually in disability, yeah. that kind of you know floods back to you, the memories of pre-eight years old. Mm. Yeah. It's like, oh, mum used to get letters from people that she used to care for. So, yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was it was in that, that knowledge of me loving music and knowing that I wanted to do something with that that's kind of led me to here, mm. you know, where I'm like maybe, maybe ten years ago it might have been... 11 years ago where I was like, you know, I need to do something post-fire underground days. It's like I, I know music's still running through my veins. I know I've, I've still got it. It's just a matter of locating where it is within my system mm. and how I can now identify within the music industry because post-fire underground I'd lost all, all of my individuality. I'd lost all of my, um, I don't know, my... my pathway was all kind of blurred mm. um so yeah going back to study I was on a mission to do music therapy mm-hmm. I'm still kind of on that mission but you know this is running parallel with that mm. so the education side of things I'm studying my my master's in education um you know I've had over the last five years I've been working alongside music therapists now that I'm in a school make sense to do education now that I've been you know I've got my own um I've got my own drum school my own music school 
uh, it's called the Drum Practice Melbourne. Mm. Um, and I've been running that for eight years. It's very small, but I get a kick out of it. So now it makes sense to me to do the Masters of Education and then after this go down the track of music therapy. Like, I'm, yeah, it's really, really good to know that I'm not lost in my pathway there. Mm. Um, it's, yeah, there was a moment there in I've just finished first semester in this. You made it. Masters. I made that first semester. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It was like... They say the first semester is some of the hardest, first and last. Yeah, right. So, I mean, you've done sense. the first one now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know what I'm in for. Um, three quarters of the way through it, I was like, this is useless. I'm not doing this. I'm just going to go straight into music therapy. Don't worry about it. Um, but this, the role here is it's a really fun one. Mm. And I can really feel like, you know, there's a buzz about the place here. There's, um, there's just some really good feelings about this school and what they can offer kids, what we can offer kids as a music program and the things that I'm learning within this education program is really exciting in terms of what music can bring people that are young, Mm. you know, with disabilities, Um, everybody. It doesn't, music doesn't discriminate. Mm. It's, it helps everybody. And there's now proof to, um, that we can speak about that this is actually true. Music helps intellectual um, develop. Mm. It's it's an impeccable thing. Mm. It's exciting. Yeah. Because you're saying the cohort of students here, um, or if you could explain, sorry, the cohort of students that attend the school? Uh, the cohort, uh, so we're dealing with, um, there's like 120, 130 kids here. Uh, it's a lower socioeconomic um, demographic that we're dealing with. And... These people are dealing with mild intellectual disabilities. They've got, um, it's typically an IQ between 50 to 70. Yeah. Um, So, you know, there's um, bell curve of average there as well. So people on just either side of that that Mm -hmm. can fit into the system or the community that's here. Um, And, yeah, it's... Really welcoming. I, I really appreciate that that part of. It. Yeah, and you're saying that the school, sorry, the classroom groups are a lot smaller, which is provides provides um, the students more sort of one on one with their with their teacher. Yeah, um, and it's more of a, a close knit feeling in the classroom. That's right. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, it's really accommodating to to students' needs. <clears throat> There's. There's roughly, yeah, as you said, there's roughly anywhere between five and ten per class. Um, and then you've got the teacher plus one or two um, education support people. Um, so, you know, there's a heap of support for every individual in every class. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my biggest class as an instrumental teacher is 14 and... You know, the things that I'm getting these kids to do is so much fun. We don't need an education support specialist. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, it just speaks of the um, capabilities of these kids outside of, like, this education system that is, you know, caps 10, 
<laughs> you know, but, Lean you know, climb this tree, you know, it's like, yeah, just doesn't make, make sense when yeah. we're living in a land of opportunity and uh, just America comes to mind when you say that. <laughs> like, well, that's another... It's a whole other podcast conversation, am I? <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. Like, I can't remember the exact phrase you used before, I'm sorry, but like it doesn't discriminate and the 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 information you found about the the music um, helping the development or the intellectual development of, of of the students and young people. And I just think about my own kids when you just blast the music in the car mm. and the, the sort of funny dances that come out or or them singing in their bedroom to the song that um, that they heard earlier. You know, they might have heard it a hundred times, of course, but but they're repeating the lyrics and things like that. Or the 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 way that they can tune into like certain lyrics in a song and just it's just unbelievable. And I feel like I can totally and I was sitting in your music room here, which is really beautifully set out with all the drums and the the djembes and the congos and the bongos and everything else in here. But I'm can, very impressed with the name of the amount of instruments you just <laughs> named. <laughs> there's, an, there's another life of, of yeah. me that you don't really know about now. Yeah. Um, but uh, I can feel that kind of what the energy would be like in, yeah, in this sure. in this room. That um, and I can and I'm gonna guess you, when you talk about having 14 students in a class, is that when you're doing like drum circles and yeah, that imp- improvisation sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you guys, and I'm going to butcher the name and you might help me out, the rhythm something, it's like a, like a, you can, you can study, there's a course, it's a rhythm something course and it's all around using drum circles for like music therapy. Awesome. I don't, I don't know. I'm sure you probably just do it anyway. Um, It's, I think the concept is for practitioners to learn the skill to be able to then get a bunch of drums together and and then run a session. Yeah, right. Probably not something that's suited for a music teacher, because um, you probably already have the skills and what have you. But no, yeah. I, I'm open to all of this stuff. Like, mm. I think that's, you know, I think that's part of being a good teacher is being open to new things that you hear about that you haven't heard about before. Yeah, but I love learning more about, you know, what am I not doing with these kids that I could be doing? Mm. You know, what I mean? it's like um, with Mark Grandin and Neda Romani, like. They're doing amazing things and I've used them as a massive inspiration for what I do with the kids here. Yeah. Because um, I know they respond to it. I know that anybody can respond to it and they can produce something based off these fundamentals. Mm. Um, and, you know, when you see them achieve these grooves or the music and they feel it, then, you know, you can see the enthusiasm bounce out of them. You mm. can see their confidence grow. Last year was amazing. There was this guy, um, my first day here, this guy's like run out of class and my boss is like, you know, if you, we've got to look for this student. Um, you know, having a runner is not really a, um uncommon thing here. Mm-hmm. Mm. From day to day it's, it's pretty common. Yeah. Um, so... You know, not that I knew this at this point in time. This is my first day. And so we, we go out searching for this guy. And he's, like, hidden in the garden. Um, he's just, you know, looking for some solitude. Mm. Anyway, I lay eyes on him and he's like, you know, 
big build. He's dressed in black. He's coloured his hair whack and he's just like, he looked metal. He looked metal ass, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, this could be fun. <laughs> and lo and behold, like, from that day to the end of year 12, completely different person. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Turned out his dad was a drummer. Um, you know, he'd learned a couple of things, but really he was just a blank canvas. And by the end of the year he was he was playing um, ACDC, he was playing New Kids, not New Kids on the Book, uh, <laughs> what are the other guys? Um, NSYNC or something. You know, sure. like yeah. it's just really whack just, stuff. Just wow. more, um... Timberlake. Was Justin Timberlake and Insync or Backstreet Boys? Backstreet Boys. Was he in Backstreet Boys? That was Backstreet Boys. Um, yeah, it was Backstreet Boys. Get my boy that was mixed up. Hey. Same. So you know, it was it was amazing. Like, yeah. It was a really amazing experience, and I'll I'll forever be thankful for that for that guy. He's mm. yeah. I don't know what he's doing now, but I hope he's playing drums. Mm. You yeah. know, like it really gave him that sense of individual um, ownership of who he was mm. and, man, I, I remember feeling that as a kid, you know, like lost but found, like, yeah, mm. Mm. on a mission. For sure. You know? How did the drums, how did you playing drums start off for you? Just at school? Sort of? My sister learnt drums when I was eight. She was 12, 13 and she learnt them. Um, actually, she might have been, not, I might have been nine, she might have been 13. Yeah. Um, she brought a drum kit home and started learning and so she'd teach me the basic grooves at that point. I think at that point I was learning guitar. Okay. And, you know, everything that I wanted to do was guitar. Um, my sisters learnt piano. I didn't want to learn piano. They all hated it. So I was like, oh, why would I want to do that? Yeah. Um, and guitar was cool ass. So, you know, for me, melody is where music's at, right? Mm. Um and, yeah, so when Mel brought home the drum kit and taught me those beats, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool, uh, but continued with guitar until my teacher left. And I was like, oh, I don't really want another teacher. Mm. It took me three years to figure out that I wanted to do drums, you know. Um, in those three years I picked up the saxophone, learned that for a year, uh, keyboard, um, yeah, but... Yeah, I ended up going a big day out. And <laughs> That'll do it. Yeah. That'll <laughs> fucking do it. Couldn't take, yeah, That'll couldn't take it. my eyes off the Who'd you see? Who was that? Yeah, who, who cemented that idea for you playing the drums a big day out? Who was it? I'm trying to think it was like some of those. Prodigy? Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. Wow. Um, Far out. That was, yeah, that was that was pretty massive. Yeah. I remember going the first time I went to a big day out, and I'm not a musician. Love music, obviously, but I remember first time like, going to a big day out. And mum let me go and I was like, I think I was like 15 or 16, which I think for them was like pretty young. She let me go to Pyramid Rock with you guys when I was still in high school. Yeah, she, right. Yeah, what a ledge. That was fucking cool. Yeah. Me, yeah. There was, uh, oh, maybe the one before was with some friends before that. But, yeah, like, but nonetheless. Um, but I remember walking into like, you know, as you get off the train or whatever and you walk into Big Down and I just remember my, my eyes and my brain was just exploding with like, I was like, oh, my God, like yeah. just how cool it was and like the mosh pit and just the concept and yeah. it was so cool. So I can imagine especially like if you've already been playing music and have the thoughts 
generating yeah. around what could this be? And you walk in there, you just, yeah, you're mind blowing. Yeah. That's cool. It's pretty rad. It was Bring back rad. the big day out, people. Yeah. yeah. No more of these bloody dance festivals. Like, yeah. Anyway. I mean, write a letter. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, if anyone's listening. Anyway. But um, one of the things that I love about what you've said so far and a conversation I have with people sometimes when we kind of talk about youth work and then the passions that the person may have that's separated is that there's angles to, and angles and opportunities to combine these things together. Yeah. Like name whatever it is that you're interested in, whether it's music, whether it's personal training, whether it's like name, like working with leather, like random as you can get, right? There's yeah. an angle for you to incorporate that into working with young people, mm. working with disadvantaged people, at-risk youth. Like there's absolutely people with disabilities. Like there's angles for things and I love to hear. And I think what's I think special for me is that we've been friends on and off, not for any negative sense, but just yeah. our world, so, you know, world, line yeah. tracks, you know, whatever I'm trying to say, some uh, analogy. Mm. Um, but I knew you as a musician and, you know, playing in a band full time and then we saw each other again and you are working in the disability space and then he, here we sit today and you've combined the two sort of passions of yours together mm. yeah. and have and sort of speaking so <clears throat> passionately, no pun intended, but passionately about these two things for you um, to then move forward. And it's just so cool. Like I just I love, I love hearing it. Mm. It's awesome. so cool being able to do that. Yeah. I really appreciate that. I was just going to say, excuse my ignorance. What's the difference? And I think I have an idea, but what's the difference between an instrumental teacher yeah. and a music teacher? So a music teacher is like a classroom teacher. Yeah. An instrumental teacher is separate to that. So uh, it's been described to me over the last six months that a music teacher kind of sells music to the students. That mm-hmm. then they choose to learn more about music and then they come to me. Right. Yeah. Almost like specialising. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. That's why I thought I wasn't sure. Yeah, so it's a bit of a bit of a shift, bit of a segregation. Mm. Um, I... I think I'll move towards being like a music teacher in the classroom here. I'd like that mm. um, if given the opportunity. Yeah. Because um, then then we can design, you know, how these kids can move through the program and get the best benefits out of it, you know. At the moment I'm working with another teacher who's a who's got a lead role in the, in the school and she's quite amazing. Mm. Um, you know... So working as a team to develop this stuff is it's amazing. You know, like these are people that have been working in the school for for years and as educators for for a lot a lot of time, you know. So they've got a lot of experience to be able to impart on me. Mm-hmm. And I've got, you know, my musical enthusiasm to be able to share that with them. We can create a hell of a program, mm-hmm. you know. For sure. And I really like, and we've touched on it before, the whole, I guess, branch of um, like creative therapies that are coming out of the works now, you know, and there's so much study and I guess so much of a lens now on things like, you know, your alternative therapies like equine therapy and now like art therapy and now music therapy is such a huge, um, almost like a hot topic, I guess now, but it's so valid and I think it's been obviously something that's been there all along but people are looking into it now and they're doing more research and 
all of that. And I think it's so amazing because I love music personally. I'm, I don't play any fucking instruments. I did recorder in school and that, I'm sure my sister wanted to throttle me. <laughs> That's it down half the throat, problem, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to ask, I was going to say, how do you feel about recorders? Because I saw it up there on the <laughs> piece of paper. But oh, yeah. I think it's so cool now that there is people looking into spaces like music therapy and like wilderness therapy because, like you said earlier when we were talking, being a teacher and, and we've had this conversation before, Josh, being a teacher and teaching the way that only you teach does not cater to everybody's learning capacities. Yep. And to be a good teacher, like you just said, learning and changing and, you know, being open to all of the new things that are out there is awesome and being able to look into something like music therapy as an alternative, you know, for kids like your students with disabilities is something so amazing that, you know, 20 years ago, 10 years ago even, when I was yeah. in school, it just wasn't a thing. Yeah. So I think it's really exciting that these things are starting to come out of the woodwork and it's something that we can keep a lens on because you're right, you can't pigeonhole, even the same for with us, you can't pigeonhole kids with their treatment or their trauma or, you know, what sort of clinician would you be if you were doing that? You know, if you were just like, okay, well, A, B, C, here's your Mm. magic car washer now, your mental health's fixed. Yeah. You shouldn't do that with any, you know, anything when you're working with a person. So I think that's really exciting to be able to have new and open doors now to be able to be creative in how you engage students and how you can meet their needs. Definitely, mm. yeah. Yeah, that music therapy thing is is definitely a, a mind-blowing thing. I, You know, for so long, like, the, there's negative connotations to being a musician in Australia. You can't make money off it. You, if, you know, back when I was in uni, we were told unless you were the top 10 bands in Australia, you had a day job. You couldn't quit your day job unless you were the top 10. Mm. Um, like, that's that's huge. But playing in a band, you're not going to get paid um, a very nice figure at all, you know, unless you're playing corporate gigs and you're doing five six a weekend, mm. you know, you, you're not really going to be making too much of a living from it. There needs to be other ways to make that happen. Um, thankfully, you know, this is where it's like a full community, right? Like, so you've got good friends, you've got good communication, you can bounce your ideas off people or people can give you ideas. Like, you know, I don't think I'd be where I am without my sister Amber. I don't know if you remember Amber. Um, her and I were what, inseparable throughout our 20s and a lot of my inspiration of Pathway came from her and her like, you know, from what you're doing with disability, there's a lot of, there's a lot of this music therapy angle that you can really play up with. Mm. And, you know, it's really, it's really blown my mind in, in terms of what, what pathways I can take and, uh, you know, can't be more grateful. Mm. You know, it's huge. And the different opportunities that it gives the young people that you work with as well. Yeah. Like I think if they don't, if they being whoever, don't invest in the concept of music therapy or alternative learning models, Mm. um, then you're disadvantaging the opportunities for the young people coming through the education systems or the the support services that are going to be trying to support them. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's it's such a, um, I feel like it's put value back into the music system Mm. the the music industry Mm. um and you know with these people that are leading the way i'd love to name drop here but i'm not going to (laughs) there's a um there's somebody that's 
you know, put out these, um, you know, findings that music is is the be it and end all, right? Like, it's it's really effective to everybody. We can all learn from music. We can all grow from music. Only, I feel like they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot by making it too expensive to access. Yeah. Right. You know, so only this select few people are kind of gaining access to this information mm. when ultimately, like, that should be information for the people. Yeah. Um, you know, like, music's only going to grow the more people that know this. Mm. So yeah. get it out there. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, wow. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited for the next 10 years and being in the music industry in Australia. I, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where we're at. Yeah, awesome. Mm. Cool. I'm cautiously running out of time and the cleaners might lock us in <laughs> and we might set off an alarm and you'll get in trouble because they're behind you. Um, but we finish off every podcast with um, a final question um, and that is if you had any piece of advice for um, new workers emerging in the field, maybe someone changing directions in the field like you've done, um, yeah, what would it? What would your pieces be? of advice be? Um, trust your instincts. Mm. Read The Alchemist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to bring that to work tomorrow for right. me. Yeah. I have to yeah. read it. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, listen to The Omens. Yeah. The Three Steps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you Appreciate so much it. for the opportunity. No, no, so, we'll, um, we'll, we'll catch up another time, do a bit of a longer chat and uh, yeah, we'll revisit maybe in six months and after semester two, something like that, you know, at the end of the school year maybe as well, I think it could be an interesting opportunity for us to talk a little bit more and get into this space with, um, with you. So I feel like we skimmed the surface around the, the topic of, you know, like working with the young people with intellectual disabilities and in the school environment as well. I think um, a lot of, you know, we can have a lot more conversation about it um, awesome. Yeah, yeah we'd so love to have you That'd be great. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks for having, awesome. thanks for having us. Are you school? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very welcome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Knowledge on Tick. Please like and share the podcast, invite your friends and colleagues into the group and get in touch if there are any guest speakers you'd like to hear from or any topics you'd like covered. Take care and enjoy your week.